This is Brandon M. Crooker, and you're listening to the Apostolic Theory Podcast. Today, we've got a very special guest with us. We have Brother Hugh Plappert, incredible uh, man of God. I'm very excited about what we've got in store. Uh, Brother Plappert, why don't you just tell our listeners a bit about yourself? Well, back in 1982, uh, I enrolled at the Apostolic Bible Institute and uh, was changing my schedule. What classes I wanted, it sent me back to a room down the hallway. And there sat a TRS-80 microcomputer that wasn't working. And I said, you want me to take a look at it? I sat down and I fixed it and I got a working scholarship. And I've been with uh, the Apostolic Bible Institute now for four years and currently I'm a board member. And uh, God has done a lot of things through those days. Um, grew up in Illinois. Um, I uh, worked with Brother uh, M.J. Wolf, founders of the UPCI, when I was a teenager, growing up there. And then Apostolic Bible Institute, I've got uh, eight years working with Reverend S.G. Norris, another founder of the United Pentecostal Church. So kind of have that connection to our history um, and appreciate those men that uh, made the pass before us. Amen. Um, and I'm a tri-vocational, so I have a, a secular job, or quad, I guess you can say, secular job, board member of the Apostolic Bible Institute. I, I'm not a regular staff member from day to day, but just a board member. Um, and then I uh, work with my son, and we started a company called Smart Talk. We have a product called PhoneLiveStreaming.com, which was a COVID uh, miracle. Uh, we have served over a thousand churches, allowing them to include the uh, senior citizens, the poor and rural uh, citizens uh, with their online streaming. So we do a regular video stream. We capture the audio part of that stream and send that across the telephone. And every Sunday, uh, we do over 10,000 people uh, get to listen to their church services uh, via the phone. And uh, that continues to grow. And then uh, I am working with Brother Myron Powell, the Dickinson of Nebraska, on a book called The Five Anointings of a Front Porch Owner. And uh, then when I get a chance to breathe and to have time, I get to come on a podcast. Amen. I'm very excited to have you, brother. Very excited for you to tell us uh, about um, about the, the book, um, about, you know, where where the the content came from. Uh, what inspired you to write it? So let's just get right into it, and and we'll just we'll just go from there, bro. Okay. Well, I worked with uh, North American Missions, and Brother Carlton Kuhn was a director, and uh, we created a application which now is debunked uh, finish line planner, and the tool was for organizing projects, the steps, who needed to do what, when they need to do it, status of them getting those steps completed. And we would do webinars with our product, and we had maybe 35, 40 churches that used it. And in the webinars, we would say, let's pretend we're doing an outreach. And we would do all these steps for the outreach program. And uh, after the webinar, more people were interested in getting those steps on how to do the outreach program rather than buying the software to manage the steps. And so we uh, started another system called uh, churchgrowthinabox.com, 
where we had a library of programs and the various steps, media and things that you could use for outreach. And um, Brother Powell was at General Conference, came across our system, uh, one we called a seven by seven from relationships to revival. And he's had great success with it. And then from that, we decided to write uh, this book. And the burden of the book or the focus is on developing those relationships so that in the future we can have revival. How do we initiate those relationships? How do we build healthy relationships? How do we build trust so that the doors open and the gospel can do its thing and uh, in its power and bring about uh, salvation? So Brother Powell has over a hundred relationships that his saints have built and are building and are developing. Um, he has, a, I forget the numbers right, this year, 28 people teaching Bible studies with the goal of teaching 50 Bible studies for the whole year in 2020. And I think the last count was 68. And we're not even halfway through the year just because of the quality of focusing on uh, the relationship. Last year's church day, I think over 62 um, um, Bible studies. So um, he's really excited about that tilling of the ground and, and getting it uh, ready for revival. So that's how the five anointings of front porch soul winners uh, came about. Tremendous. So what, what, where did the title come from? What, how did you come up with the title, The Five Anointings of a French, uh, yeah, French, a front porch uh, soul winner? So, right. Yeah. So, uh, if you just stay on your front porch, just have a vision, you know, for your neighborhood, it's amazing. Um, I can sit on my front porch and tell you stories of your story from house to house to house. Um, you know, from the uh, family that the wife was an alcoholic, I mean, it was serious. They had police at their house um, numerous of times. And um, when it happened, I went down and met the, uh, the father, the husband, and I said, here's the deal. I do not want to put my nose in your business. My home will always be a safe home for your children. So we're having a birthday party for my daughter, you know, the family and friends, our house is crowded, the doorbell rings. And on the front porch is this four children, an infant, and the oldest one is probably seven or eight. Dad said to come down here. Sure enough, the cops were out the house. We brought them in. We divided the ice cream and the cake and uh, developed a relationship. Three of those children mm. have received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Wow. Um, then we had uh, one home where the uh, father actually robbed six banks. The two of his kids were attending school with my children. My wife knew his wife, and we did the best we could to reach out to her, to support her. She was so embarrassed. She, you know, packed up here, but um, we, we tried to do our best to be there for them. Another home here, uh, a child's gotten the Holy Ghost from our, our relationship. Um, you know, others have had uh, chances to learn about the truth, visit the church. We have the Episcopal priest who lives in our neighborhood, visit our church, and said he's never felt the Spirit of God like he has at our church. Um, 
And so it's so powerful if you just see the world from your front porch. Also, the front porch is the apex. So we know that the church, we, we, we uh, um, go in to learn and we leave to serve, or we go into worship and we leave to serve. It's a little apex of the church. But there's an apex at your front porch. As soon as you step on the front porch, there's people you can touch, lives that you can impact. On the invert, when you bring people into your home with hospitality in the New Testament, there's tons of scriptures on uh, hospitality, and let's leverage that. Let's use that for the gospel and make people um, feel welcome, feel comfortable, um, and develop that relationship. That's the front porch. Soul winning. In Proverbs, it says, um, someone who's wise will win souls. And um, I want to think it's in Mark. Uh, don't quote me on this one, but where it talks about would a man give for his soul mm. in the whole world and lose his soul, right? Yep. So um, if you're going to buy a hamburger, you probably get your favorite restaurant. You don't think much about it. You go buy it. If you're going to buy a car, a little shopping around and try to figure out the model you want, check the pricing, right? Financing. If you're going to buy a house, it's a big deal, right? Credit scores in good shape. You go get a mortgage. You look for the right house, the right neighborhood the right number of rooms, uh, and to go through the closing, it takes a couple of months to be built. Well, when we're dealing with souls, it's bigger than buying a house. But sometimes we want to treat like a hamburger and wave a honk if you love Jesus sign in the corner or do uh, ninja evangelism, uh, hang a track on the door and run, you know. And so soul winning is not... Inviting somebody to church. It is not praying somebody through the Holy Ghost. It is not uh, giving a Bible study. When he's talking to Pro, uh, Proverbs about soul winning, none of it existed. He was talking about somebody who built trust, mm. was wise, right? So before we get excited about all the other stuff, step number one is build trust. So from your front porch, you look around your neighborhood, what are you doing to build trust? Now, the opposite of trust is distrust. Distrust is the absence of trust, right? So if I have no relationship with my neighbor, they don't know me, I don't know them, I haven't talked to them, right? Automatically, you've got distrust. Mm. You have to make an effort in order to build trust. Wow, yeah. So we want to build trust with those in our communities, the essence of the book. The five anointings is we cannot do this mechanically. We need God every step of the way to help us build that trust. We build the trust, we open the door. Once we open the door, the power of the gospel takes care of itself. We don't have to shove the Holy Ghost on anybody. Right. So it's a really an elementary book. Very beginning, one on one, so how to build that trust? That's tremendous. I uh, I find that you know we live in a day and age when it comes to soul winning. That you know churches, whether it be even in, in our own movement or whether it be um, you know more denominational or nominal denominal uh, churches. Um, even charismatic churches, they're trying to find a quick fix 
Um, you know, it's, it's just like everything else in the world. They're looking for that instantaneous, uh, you know, that vending machine or that microwave, you know, sort of, um, activity, uh, you know, and, and I'm not against door prizes and, 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 you know, events and, and things like that, but you know, that it's like you're talking about, it has to go a bit deeper than that. It's got to be in that building of relationship, that having conversations and really it's, it's making ourselves vulnerable. Yeah. Um, so there's uh, three levels of evangelism uh, that I see. One is purchase media, right? You can buy ads on uh, Facebook, billboards, all that. There's a place for that. And there's group evangelism where you go out as a group and um, do some door knocking, et cetera, and so forth. And I just taught uh, a webinar for the church in Oxford, Mississippi, a couple of nights ago on that. And then there's a the personal evangelism. These things don't work separately, but they work together. So when you um, do the media thing and you have a new guest at your church, right? What do you do to put trust with them? What's your follow through plan? Um, when you go to a group and you're knocking doors and you meet somebody, you know, what's the follow through plan? How, how are you going to trust? I take on that. If you knock on the door and somebody responds, you're responsible for that person. <laughs> Invite them over for dinner, get to know them, build a relationship with them. Um, so they all, all work together. Also, when people get involved in a project or a group evangelism and they see some results, they get encouraged and that spills over into their personal evangelism. Mm. Right. So it all works together. Uh, but as it all works together, you always need to take care of, uh, trust. Cause if God gives you a contact and you don't build trust with them, you don't say hi to them. You're not being responsible with that talent. You buried it. Right. Instead of investing in it, and letting it grow. Wow. So they, they do all go together. That's tremendous. And I wonder if, you know, maybe some folks that are listening hadn't quite looked at it that way before as, you know, these um, contacts that God brings into our lives. Um, even <laughs> to be fair, even the ones that we don't like, mm -hmm. uh, you know, because we're not necessarily called to like everybody. But we are called to love everybody, you know, and the Pharisees were so mad that Jesus was sitting with, you know, the, 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 what they perceived as the worst of the worst people that were, you know, weren't able, uh, religiously speaking to come into the temples and, but he went to them. And so probably us going and being willing to, as I said before, make ourselves vulnerable and build these connections and building trust, you know, it, uh, that could very well be, you know, what it all stands on. Yeah, so um, our family hosts uh, a block party for our neighborhood. We initiated on our own. We're in our 22nd year of doing it. And in the uh, first year, we only had three people. And uh, 
our record attendance is 63. Wow. And uh, every time we have the black party, connect with somebody else, invite them to church uh, through that. And so uh, being part of the Bible school here at the Apostolic Bible Institute, uh, we invited a couple of students over. They want to see our ball at party. It's real simple. Um, we have people bring a snack on the table. Uh, we sit around and share each other's snack, and we might play a game or two. Um, so it's very low key, low cost. Uh, everybody uh, you know, interacts and participates. Um, so they came and uh, they sat in a corner. And they were like waiting for us to give away a big prize or both a grill and grill a bunch of hamburgers or do something big. They didn't realize it's just simple relationships. And they really backed off when a lesbian couple brought their two daughters uh, to the party. They didn't know how to handle that, mm. you know? And, um, and so they, they, they were looking for that instant, you know, big parties or baptizing people in the backyard and give away prizes and things like that uh, type of deal, which the majority of the time ends up with no relationships, right? Instead of uh, having that trust with the neighbors. And so it's a tradition in our neighborhood but looks for looks forward to it um, uh, every year. That is tremendous. So if you have a community, first of all, that doesn't have an apostolic church, host the block party. Yeah. So um, my son in his town, so he, the church he goes to is you know, two cities down, 31 miles away. But his church has is, is, uh, initiated a life group in his town for the purpose of inviting people in the community to his house. And all they do is have pizza. To visit and have pizza. They've been doing it for about five months. Uh, they had 111 people attend their life group. Four of those people have gotten the Holy Ghost. North American missions uh, heard about it, called the pastor up, says you can't have a life group. With that level of success, you've got to have a daughter work. <laughs> so tell some friends like, oh, so he's teaching all these Bible studies. Nope, not one Bible. Wow. Just his friends with them invited them to church over pizza. So uh, he had to buy tables, chairs. He has a big home. You know, uh, have all these people just home. Yeah. And stuff. So five months. That's from building trust. Wow. So what I'm gathering from our conversation is that, um, you know, soul winning is not something that we should shy away from or be afraid of, but really something that we should rejoice in, something that we should be excited about. Because, you know, if if a small group of playing board games you know, whether it's once a week, once a month, once a year, whatever it is, uh, you know, it's 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 building that relationship and building that trust. And really, the gospel, it, it, it stands upon relationship. The church is built upon relationship. Jesus had a relationship with the 12 and then sent the 12, you know, their way. But it all had to do, it, it was all interconnected. So it's... I think that this is encouraging. I think that this will be an encouragement to some folks and maybe will provoke them to um, try to do more. Right. So we like this instant ideal, right? Yeah. We hear stories of instant things happening. Okay. 
the miraculous is the miraculous because it's not the normal. Right. We're, we're apostolic and we believe in miracles, right? Yeah. But miracles are not the normal. The normal is the work you do every day to lay a brick. If we do the normal, be faithful on the normal, that opens the door for God to do the miraculous. Wow. Okay. Instead of trying to chase the miraculous, prepare for the miraculous. Oh, wow. Okay. I think God could do it. Amen. But if we have, you know, have a great church service, yeah. God, they're so thick. You know, if your neighbors were there, they would have the Holy Ghost. But you never prepared your neighbors to come to that service where the spirit was moving. Hmm. Wow. So it's a long-term thing. It's like buying a house. It's a long-term thing. People are not going to throw their souls around hamburger. You've got to really work it through. They've got to think about it. It's life-changing. It's a huge thing. And even yeah. after all the mechanical work we do, we still need that anointing. We need that prayer. Uh, we need God to uh, inspire us. Amen. So I wonder what is one thing that you would want the listeners that are listening to this podcast episode, what is one thing from this episode that you absolutely want them to walk away with? Well, I'll give you a quick hack, okay? Never invite anybody to revival services. Invite them to one service. You'll get a lot more people saying yes to say, hey, you want to join me for Friday night for one of our revival services? Instead of saying, hey, come to our revival services. I don't know which night to come and why should they come which night. But if you give them one night, they can put it on the calendar. Just a lot more uh, uh, chances that they'll say yes, and they will follow through. So in building trust, you know, we're inviting uh, couples that are our neighbors out to eat. So I have to name the restaurant, name the date, name the time for the invite. Mm. I can't say, hey, why don't your wife and uh, my wife and I saw get together and go out to eat some day. So be very specific that uh, that increases the results. Wow. Um, so the one thing I didn't mention was the five anointings, which is the anointing part with the five. And go those real quick. Yeah, absolutely. Um, number one is the calling. Recognize uh, that you're called where you are at. Um, Isaiah, um, the Lord send me. Where did God send Isaiah? To where he was at. He didn't pack his bags and go to a far country. He accepted his calling where he was at. Number two is humble. So if your neighbor showed up with a uh, Lamborghini and was bragging about all the money he was making, showing off his Lamborghini, you get sick of it. Yeah, it's show off. He's got it good. I don't. Right? Well, Pentecost does that to our neighbors. We have wholesome families. We enjoy life. We've got a good. God bless us. And they're sitting over there just, oh, you guys are so stuck up. They've got it all. We need to be humble. 
we need to come down to their level. We don't sin, right? But uh, we, we need to slow down and not be too big of a show off, not to be a show off. And they learn to accept their neighbors and develop that relationship. So we need to be um, humble. And uh, if we go back to our beginnings, we're probably in a worse situation than our neighbors. So uh, we're no better than they are. Humbleness is what um, we're supposed to do. It's our first priority. The uh, third uh, anointing is kindness, being kind. Being kind is allowing us to show Christ. So humbleness is what we are. Being kind is showing what Christ is. And um, the tip I gave you for inviting them to a, a very specific event uh, is part of being kind. Easy for them to uh, decide to participate. Needs, helping them with needs, mowing lawn if they need help with the mowing. Uh, we had a gentleman whose wife passed away elderly gentleman and he was in worse health he was he just had a, a stroke one day and passed away and she was doing daycare uh up in her 80s i think it was so um i was at his house every day i went to the funeral with him i went to visitation with him and he would just take me around and brag their body hey this is my neighbor he's just here to help he's just here to support um well the surprise was for me uh at the funeral this lady, this older lady, she's got well, a dozen kids. She's doing daycare. Yeah, she needed extra money, right? She's done that her whole life. The mayor, the chief of police, the fire department, her kids that were in her daycare. She had the whole city around her pinky. <laughs> but wow. I was too arrogant to know that, you know? Uh, if I would have come down earlier and understand who they were earlier on, um, you know, what a connection. Uh, uh, we don't know our neighbors. So we need to be humble, but we need to be kind. And then holiness is the fourth uh, anointing that we need. Holiness is getting closer to God. And uh, we need to be very sensitive. We need to hear from God. And uh, that spirit needs to radiate out from us. But if holiness is getting closer to God, what is it when I get closer to somebody that God loves and understands how God loves them? So somebody who may be an alcoholic or whatever, if I can get closer to how God sees that person, right, I am growing in holiness. So holiness is how close we get to from the view of God. So holiness needs to radiate from us. And holiness is a two-way road, which is the fifth anointing. If I'm getting closer to God, then God should shine through me, mm -hmm. and that should attract people. Right? Now, there's nothing that I can do to become compelling. That's all God's work. But there are things I can do to hinder that compelling. If I have a bitter spirit or uh, being unforgiving towards somebody, I could be hindering God working through me in a way that would compel people. Wow. Okay? 
there's a secular study in schools that shows if two teachers have it out for each other and in front of their students, they never say anything, they never show their temper, right? They just go about their daily thing, but they're dealing with an issue with each other, unforgiveness or bitterness or mad at each other. The grades of the students in that class, down. Hmm. just the spirit of it. Teacher ain't doing anything to let the kids know there's something going on. They found that the grades go down. So if you've got bitterness, unforgiving towards someone and you're trying to witness, that spirit is still hanging around you and impacting others. Yeah. Wow. So we want to accept the calling to our neighborhoods, be humble, be kind, understand holiness is also getting closer to how God sees somebody wants you to work with them. And then the two-way street is compelling, which you can't do anything about, except not interfering with the bitterness or unforgiveness. Wow, Brother Plapper, this is tremendous. This is good stuff. This is good and stuff. Really basic Christianity. We just yeah. never have attached it as the um, uh, first step to results. Yeah. I think... Uh, I think a lot of times you know, it's the the simplest things that we overlook i mean paul what did what did paul say he said i've determined to know nothing among you save jesus christ and him crucified and i mean paul was probably one of the most knowledgeable knowledgeable men in the new testament uh david platt is a baptist minister uh, he was known as the youngest megachurch minister in the United States. Uh, he's been a very key player in our phone live streaming.com business uh, going viral. That's why we've served over a thousand churches. Of him, I, I'm not connected with him, I'm not a friend of his or anything. He just uh, talks about it every Sunday in his church. And uh, because of that, our business has grown. So a whole lot to him. But anyway, he's the... Uh, I don't know what they call the position, but it's actually the director of farm missions for the Southern Baptist Convention. Mm -hmm. And he said um, the number one need in farm missions is not money. Uh, it's not people accepting their calling. It's not learning the language, not sending the people. The number one need in missions is people need to conquer sin. Sin stops missions. They can raise the money. They continue to school. But you've got to overcome sin. Then God can use you. Amen. Well, this has been tremendous, Brother Blackbird. I appreciate you carving the time out of your very busy schedule to uh, make time for apostolic theory and for all of our listeners. It's been a tremendous blessing, and I just want to thank you again. Well, thank you. We appreciate it. Uh, uh, being a part of the work that God's doing in your ministry. This podcast is made possible because of listeners like you who are willing to bridge the gap. We now have a sponsorship program on our Anchor website in which you can become a monthly sponsor of $1, $5, or $10 a month. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook.